Hey, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, we'd love to help you start, scale, or automate your tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to $1 million plus months, and would love to be able to help you too. So click the link in the show notes if you're interested in getting some support and joining an epic community of legends in the academy. We'd also appreciate if you're loving the podcast to leave a review. It helps us reach more people and help more tradies like you run successful businesses. All right, let's get into it. All right, welcome to another edition of the Tradie Business Panel. We are the Tradie Success Academy consisting of Greg Crow, the big dog Kirk Neal, Boom. and everyone's favorite, Alice Boyd. How are you guys today? I'm good, 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 good. How are you going, Crow? Very good, very good. I've been chatting off the record. I know everyone had a really good weekend. We won't get into that right now, but we will just dabble in that, give the audience a little tease of what potentially they might know in the future or maybe not. Love a good tease. Love, Love a good tease. tease. All right. Uh, but we're going to talk today in and around what we have titled 20K leftovers. What is the K? $20,000. Of leftovers. I would say the only thing that can attract that price tag is like lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy at our local markets who makes his own lasagnas. I got to tell you, Mate, like I could charge whatever he wanted and I would pay it. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. It's like Nonna's recipe handed down generation to generation, you know, BC. It's Rock. absolutely hectic. But we are talking about, um, I guess it's, it's the sessions in and around. What are you leaving on the table? And we've deemed, and I think it's fair enough, that if you, whatever size business you are, I reckon you're leaving 20 grand on the table uh, by not doing what you should in and around the organic lead generation. So we're going to go through a few points here. And the premise is this, uh, you know, in life, so much stuff happens on the way. So, so much stuff's going, you're going to meet someone on the way. You're going to meet a potential staff member on the way. You're going to meet something here. You're going to do this here. Like life goes on as business goes on. And we want to make sure that we're maintaining that uh, excellent human mentality because who you are determines who you deal with. We'll just say that again, just pause on that. Let's just, let's just reiterate that wherever you're driving, maybe eating McDonald's, maybe you're actually eating lasagna. Maybe you just spilt lasagna on you when I said that. But I think, make no mistake, who you are determines who you deal with. And on the way of life, we're going to find staff. On the way of life, we're going to find clients. This is like an organic lead gen session. And we want everyone to stop and smell the lasagna and work out yeah. what opportunity are you currently walking past? Missing. What yeah. are you walking past? What are you missing? What What are you, uh, yeah, what, what is that that you're not stopping and smell lasagna? And the mm. uh, big question here is organic lead gen. Just to, for, this is a rhetorical question, but who do you buy from? If you've got to buy from someone, who do you buy from? I mean, essentially the product has to be good, but if there's a choice between buying from someone um, with equally good product, who's a dickhead with a good yeah. product, or someone who's trustworthy, honest, with a good reputation, who's personal, who's reliable, and so on and so on with a good product, who are you going to choose? And I think the answer answers itself pretty much. So, organic lead gen, don't leave anything on the table, stop walking past it and start 
looking around and seeing what you're leaving on the table and put that lasagna back in your stomach. So anything to add on that, guys? We're getting that free Yeah, point? it's definitely. The, um, the, the big point there, I think, is like you – who you are is is who you attract yeah um so oh, cool love that it's like it sounds a bit hippie byron bay hippie lifestyle you know love that stuff but um but really there's a lot of like uh, almost everyone would experience this time in have would experience how's my tongue would have experienced a time in life where you know they were putting out really good vibes and they got a lot of good vibes in return yeah um and then there's also times where the world feels against you and things aren't going so well. So, you know, there's a, how you were, how you look at things and I actually saw it, something that was, let's go sideways for a second. Um, sort of something that was very impactful the, uh, the other day, just a short little clip on YouTube. And it was about the, the way in which you talk to yourself, your self-talk. So if you get up in the morning and you say, oh, yeah, I'm really tired, oh, man, not another day. I'm exhausted. I can't go to work. It's like, if you start saying that to yourself, then you will fulfill that. But if you wake up in the morning and go, I feel energetic. Yeah? The body will shift into this and morph into that. Yeah? And it's not that you can't have those feelings of, of tiredness. And this, in this particular clip was like, instead of saying I'm tired, the more positive way to frame that would be like, I'm going to make time to, to recharge today. Yeah, it totally it says the same thing, but totally different impact on how you go about life and how you view the world. Yeah, that's so cool. Alice, anything to add before we jump into our points? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, exactly what Kirk's just said around, um, you know, switching your mindset sometimes when you wake up in the morning and having a certain outlook, it's okay to acknowledge um, that, yeah, you're tired, you're exhausted, um, all of these different things. Business is stressful, but you know, these little sort of tips that come from even like psychologists and stuff, there's so much research around this, have a gratitude journal, you know, sit down and actually write out what you are grateful for. It's okay to acknowledge that sometimes things get tough and that's completely valid and part of life. But, um, you know, being bringing everything to the table when it comes to business in terms of your positive outlook makes such a big difference. And I think that we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes because it's so easy to get carried away in it all and yeah, have those negative thoughts for sure. This is really interesting because we've kind of um, delved into our first point without even getting in. This is going to be killer. The first point is be present. So what's a way to not leave work on the table? What's a way to maximize the most out of every, out of everywhere you go to because inside and outside of work, you can still be generating work. And being present is a great way to do that. I just flash back to, with it being present, the barbecue test. Everything in my life's got to go through the barbecue test. If you've had, you know, four, five, six coffees, if you will, you know, at a barbecue, you're hanging out, you're, uh, you're eating. If you're that person going, oh, man, how hard is business? Doesn't business just suck? You will attract and you will engage in a conversation. And the pessimist is always the loudest voice at the party. No one likes an optimist. Everyone wants doomsday. When's the world going to end? Give me a date. When is business going to, like, it's impossible. I know it's, I knew it was impossible. I knew it was impossible. And when we're saying stuff like that, we are attracting the wrong kind of people, 100%. We're also, who wants to work for that person? You know what I mean? We, sometimes we minimize the barbecue just to who's there. 
and go with me here for a second. We go, oh, there was 10 people at the barbecue. This barbecue could be anything. It could be a kid's birthday party, right? It could be an adult birthday party, whatever. But those 10 people, those 20 people, those 30 people, they know hundreds of people. So if you're there going, man, you know, business, it's where we're working on it, we're, we're involved in some coaching, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing everything we can to, to make sure that I'm a good boss, that we're doing good work and that we're maintaining an excellent standard and employing excellent people. All of a sudden, that message goes out to a thousand people because of their networks, you know, and next time they're at the barbecue and they've got the plumber, tiler, electrician friend there and, and they go, and the person's talking about, oh, yeah, my boss is an idiot. My boss is an idiot. You go, and they go, oh, you got to work for this, this guy or girl I met. you got to work for this. Like, we, we limit stuff so small sometimes. When you're talking, you're putting it out to people's network. And it's what you're saying attracting the right kind of people or the wrong, right? And if we're continually stressed, continually overworked, continually talking negatively, continually, let me give you an example here, ordering a coffee and just checking your emails the whole time. You know, that can come across quite rude. Or you can put your phone down and start engaging in conversations, right? Things that we think, think we, yeah, you go, Kurt. Yeah, sorry. I, I think um, engaging in conversation is really important, but also observation. Yeah, yeah. We're, so, we're so quick to pull the phone out to distract us from what's in front of us or to occupy our mind. But there's nothing wrong with just taking a second to take things in and look at what is happening around you, who's interacting with who and, and what's going on. I remember a, a great little um, test that I did in a session was like, you go, go to the cafe that you've always gone to. And I want you to walk through the door. And this is, this was for a group of electricians guys. I want you to walk through the door and I want you to turn around and look up. And they're like, what? And I'm like, next time you go to the cafe, which you go to every single day, I want you to turn around and look up when you walk through the door. I want you to look at that exit sign. Yeah, And you go there every day. And I can almost guarantee you that half of you wouldn't have never looked at the exit sign and half of those exit signs aren't going to work. They're not going to be on. Yeah, So there's an opportunity there for those electricians to capture work. But where do they look? They got their head down. They go order their coffee. They look at their phone. They're looking down all the time looking down all the time and there's so much opportunity if you just take a second to observe what's going on absolutely i i really think around this point in terms of uh, be present my biggest thing would be slow down like stop trying to rush through things so quickly when you're waiting in line at the bank when you're waiting in line to get that coffee rather than being annoyed and thinking and on your phone and thinking this is taking so long. I'm annoyed by the inconvenience of my life. It's how slow things are. It's that negative space. Why don't you just slow down and actually say hi to the person in line next to you? If you did that every single day, that's called networking. That, this is like a networking way in a really casual, more fun, less pressure kind of way. But if, if people take that moment to slow down and say hi to someone on the street. Say hi to someone when you're ordering your coffee. Um, slow down and, yeah, like you said, Kirk, observe what's going on in, a, in and around you. You can't do that without actually just taking a breath, slowing down and really like paying attention. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because if you do this well, you'll have to do less work later. If you do this well early on and you're personable and good with people and taking the time to remember people's names, kids' names, dogs' names, street names, sporting interests. It's that slowing down and, and being present that can actually trigger you to be like, 
you read between the lines now. Now that now that I'm now that I'm looking at that client, I'm like, oh, what what else do you need? Because I'm present and I'm aware. And if you're looking at present in res, in response to staff as well, so many of us just treat staff like almost animals in in a way. You know, get in there, do this, like produce this milk, or else, or you go into the abattoir. You, you know, it's just <laughs> absolutely brutal stuff. But staff and clients are people too. And when we can be present. And when we can um, be friends with these people and notice, oh, you, if you slow down and be present, you can go, oh, you know, Joey's hurting today. Jimmy's hurting today. Hey, Susie really wants that work done. Okay, I'm going to engage in that and sort this stuff out for them. It's really important that we are present across every aspect of our life. Otherwise, you're going to be looking down the whole time and you're going to miss stuff that happens on the way. And in my experience in business, the best stuff seems to happen when you least expect it. That sounds like a Matthew McConaughey movie. That adds to it. <laughs> we'll talk about that later next session. I think um, just just to stay on that be present point for just a second, there, Crowy. It's a skill. Mm. Yeah, don't think you could just like, oh, now I'm going to turn into this ultimate being present monster that I now be the best human on the planet. Guru like, extravaganza. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't actively been practicing this, it will take time to cultivate a skill in this and that skill transcends all aspects of life yeah now i'm sure most people would say i would love to be a more present partner a more present parent and things like that but without actually practicing it day in day out across all aspects of life it's not just going to happen for you you don't just be like oh now all of a sudden i'm going to be more present you have to find the techniques that help you be that person and you practice that day in day out and then you'll start to realize that something that you might have started doing in order to, you know, connect better with clientele and, and people that you work with, maybe staff, now is transcending into a happier home life because you bring that skill set home around how to connect with people a bit, a bit more and how to take some time and how to look up and not be so caught up in the whirlwind. Yeah, one thing I've just started implementing with my, we've got an almost five-year-old and almost three-year-old at home, right? So things are interesting sometimes. If you know, you know. Uh, anyway, so one thing, it's actually really easy, and I never really saw it coming in my life. It's really easy just to get frustrated with your kids, you know, and never signed up to be that, that dad that did that. And one thing I've been implementing lately is uh, trying to be present to actually hear what they're saying. So they might say, they might be screaming something because that's the only way they say it. So I've been getting down on their level that I, I heart them and that, hey, is everything okay? You know, and it's, it's in, I'm engaging now with them. I'm listening to that. And we've seen a massive change in my life and, and their reactions down from there. And it's, what are you, what are you talking about with, with business? It's like, we need to put ourselves on our staff and clients level a lot of time and, and actually hear what they're trying to say actually read between the lines, actually be present enough. Like if you're, if you're talking at the barbecue negatively, why are you even talking? Why are you asking someone questions? That's kind of like going to come up later, but yeah, anything to add guys on that uh, present before we jump onto the next one? What, what, what tips would you give? You know, someone's listening to this going, I'll be present. Yeah, sounds good. What, what tips would you give someone in terms of being present? Like what can they practically do this afternoon? Oh, tomorrow I think out. Alice nailed it. Slow down. Slow down is the biggest thing. I don't think you can be present if you feel under time pressure. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you feel like, hey, I've got to get the kids to bed. 
I don't think you can be the best dad. You got if you're if you're trying to push to a time frame like that, yeah, you're not going to be able to slow down enough to be able to connect properly. So, I think um, yeah, slowing down is a big thing. But then getting off, like when when you when you look at conversational sort of habits, most conversations that you have with strangers they sit in a very safe space they sit in the you know everyone tries to find that common ground so they they gravitate to those really simple really shallow um like conversation small talk starters like the weather for example that's a great way to get started but you actively have to get away from those small talk otherwise you get stuck on this little sort of wheel of like how's the weather oh yeah did you do that oh this happened how have you how, how have you been managing COVID? Blah, 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 blah. And you get stuck in these like what's and the reason why people gravitate to the weather in small talk is because they're looking for common ground. And if you live in the same place as someone else, you already know they've experienced the same weather as you. Yeah. So it's a safe, it's a really safe bet. Yeah. You're looking for something that you have in common with someone. So that's why people, you know, find it really easy to go there first. But I think have an active way to get off the small talk like wheel are you talking are you just paraphrasing elvis a little bit <laughs> conversation a little more action Is that like a little more a little more uh, intense conversation with intense you might uh, say i think i think it's more around how do you it takes courage as well because anytime you deviate from small talk you put yourself out there to be you know to maybe put someone at like off a little bit. Oh, that was a bit forward. That was a weird. The real value in people. Yeah. I've, I've never had a really deep and meaningful engagement with someone talking about COVID and the weather. Yeah, but when people start asking me like weird questions, then I'm like, hey, in a second. Yeah, this, that's a good question. Let me tell you about this. Yeah. And it starts to break that down and you, you get somewhere you get on a different level with people and you really start to connect, but it takes bravery to ask and get outside of those, those lanes. Yeah. And I think that I, I come back to this point so often. And again, it's kind of easy to say, but it's so true. Put yourself out there and what's the worst that could happen? Like if you do ask someone a slightly odd question and they sort of look at you like you're a total weirdo, you're in the same place as you were before anyway. Right. Like you, you're not maybe you won't you didn't have that business relationship in the first place you didn't have that friendship in the first place you didn't have whatever it might have been and now you're just in the same place but maybe some random stranger in the coffee line thinks you're a weirdo who cares you can probably deal with that it's not the end of the world Put yourself maybe, you are all a little bit weird yeah maybe it's weird. We are. Yeah. <laughs> all right be present i think it's really important i think the presentness to me just comes down to you know, you talk about we're tangented to personally, one hundred percent, and I think being present is gonna, it's gonna, what I'm trying, it's gonna change your whole life. Pretty much what we see the whole way through the academy and our peak performance program, we encourage people to be present, to slow down, and to to basically look around when you're on site. Hey, what else does this client want? What else are they asking for when you read between the lines? What else? How else can you help and benefit their lives by performing additional work when you're already on site? Yeah, it's good for you, 100%, the efficiency of being on site. It's also excellent for them. They get a great result. They get someone who's been diligent and passionate and responsible enough to flag potential issues or something they can potentially change and make better 
That's an excellent result for everyone, for your company, for you, and also for them. And it's when we slow down and engage and listen on site, like we are seeing people literally for 20 to 25, 30% of their work is coming from slowing down and talking to the client and not overbooking and overcooking their schedule. Yeah, right? when you're such a massive point. When you're that's over- a whole nother, that's a whole <laughs> nother podcast. That's yeah. a whole nother podcast. So when, when you're overcooked schedule-wise, you don't stop and talk to, to Billy because you've got to get to Susie's house. And you're like, not only after Susie, I've still got, the, I've still got to get to Jimmy's house this afternoon. If your name's Jimmy, I, I love you, but I do use your name a lot. And sometimes in not the most positive light, but that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so slow down, be present, engage in conversation and have a look around. Have a look around on site. What additional work needs to get done? And, um, you know, I, my biggest fear was always if I don't flag that, and some other tradie comes and flags that, I look like an idiot. That was always my biggest fear, you know? So uh, be present. All right, we're moving on, or you guys got something else to add there? Let's move on. Let's move on. All right, I love this one. Um, Number two, number one is be present. Number two, how to uh, make sure every work and work comes your way. Be a good customer. Now let's just stop and appreciate here our good customers. Chances are you've, you've got a business and 80% of customers are pretty good and the 20% are not so good. So we're not focusing on the 20%. It's our, it's our kind of human nature to focus there. We want to let them go. We want to get rid of them. We want to get an additional, we want to get a top 10 to 15, 20% and reduce, get rid of the bottom all the time. But we're focusing on the good customers. How does it feel when someone pays your invoice early or on time? It feels Lights great. me up. Lights <laughs> yeah. me up. This gets me going. This gets this is we're pushing past PG here. All right, how does it feel? Do, do you know what? Like, yeah. Do you know? I'll, just on that, like, if someone pays an invoice either early or on time, like let's just say, oh yeah, can I pay for that now? What that does for me is that is a gesture from them as a customer that they have total faith, confidence, and trust in my ability to execute for them. Yeah. Yeah. So which is, is a shortcut to great rapport. So obviously, like that puts me in a great space with that client relationship. Yeah, but it also, it's, it's their way of showing to me, I feel very comfortable that you're going you're gonna to deliver on what you've, what you've promised here. Yeah, definitely. i never forget when I had this various invoice to send for this project. And I think it was like a 20 grand bill and the client just paid it. Uh, and I hadn't even done any work. <laughs> I hadn't even been to the site. And I've got my deposit from the builder and we've been paid this various invoice. I'm going to Europe three months. <laughs> cool, cool. Not really. I didn't do that. I would never do that because that's not how we operate. I felt really good. And I was like, I'm going to do the best job for these people. I'm going to throw in a couple best. of extra things. I'm going to do this. And I think when we stop and reflect on our good customers, how good it feels, we've also got to ask ourselves the question, am I a good customer or a client? Are you a good customer or a client? So many of us want to be treated a certain way, but when it comes time to pay our wholesaler bill, we're always 30 to 60 days late. Or when it comes time to engage someone, we're like, oh, yeah, can you really do that? Or can you have like, so some of us want all our prices accepted, but we won't accept anyone else's price. And it's just about asking yourself the question, um, am I a good customer or client? I remember when um, we went to, I mean, just back to, to me, I treat just triggers loyalty. And I used to religiously buy my coffees in the same spot 
all the time. Same spot, same spot. I really appreciate loyalty as, as a person, personally and professionally. I'm a very loyal person and good coffee is good coffee. And I would, you know, back to that first point of being present, I started off buying coffees at the same spot, checking my emails, being busy too. But then I was like, why don't I look up? Why don't I ask these people their names? I got to know the barista, got to know uh, the chef, got to know the owner. And all of a sudden, next thing we're doing all their work. It's like my consistency of loyalty of being a good customer and paying. Yeah, it was resulting in some free, excellent cheese from time to time. And hey, <laughs> hey, we've, we've over made, we've made an extra piccolo. Here you go, whatever. That stuff's going to come to you as well. Uh, but also their work. Someone's got to do their work. And is it you? Because it probably will be if you're a good customer to them. Also flashing into, um, you know, one day I was buying a lounge and it was an expensive lounge. Yeah, I don't want to say how much it was because it's a little bit embarrassing, but it was the best we've had it for 10 years now. So I guess if you looked at the price per year, we're ahead. Of I want to know what's the, what's the price per sit? You know, like, <laughs> price per sit, a lot of sitting what, happening on that What lounge. are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's a deep lounge. Um, and I remember they, they gave me a bill. I said, oh, this lounge is going to be this much. They said, pay now. Pay now. And I had my uh, Crow Electrical shirt on at the time. And then the guy's name was Joe and he goes, oh, you're an electrician? Would you mind doing some work for us? I'm like, yeah. And they became an excellent client. I'm still convinced if I was late in paying that invoice, if I, if I you know, looked at it when this is ridiculous, I want a discount. This is how, how, can you, how can you possibly expect anyone to pay? If I was aggressive or passive aggressive or late to meetings or difficult to deal with or difficult with dealing with paying, is he going to use me? I don't think so. So I think sometimes we underestimate how important it is for us to be good clients and customers. Discuss. I think that um, in the businesses, which you know we work really closely with in the academy, we're of course always advocating to um, really put your business above um, your competitors and actually offer someone a more premium service, a more premium product. And when you are putting your business in that position, if you're then able to work with other businesses and be a good customer to them, they should also be appreciating this kind of high level of quality from you. Business is always a two-way street. And I think you should always go into any kind of business dealing in that way. If you're not uh, treating your, sorry, if you're if your customers are treating you in a really, really great way and you're not able to sort of offer that same thing to all of you know, everyone that you do business with, then you, it's it's a bit of an oxymoron. You're not really giving people a fair go about getting the most from you. So I really think that by being a good customer to other people, they're going to refer you on to other high quality people that want to work with you. Okay? If, you are, if you're putting off this image of um, I want the cheapest, I want a discount, I want this, those are the sort of people that you're going to attract and you're going to get referred to. That's not the kind of people you want to do business with. Oh, that's full on, I reckon. And someone's just spat out their thick shake. You're thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm consistently wanting the cheapest price. I'm consistently wanting a deal for me personally, but professionally, no one's getting that. Mm-hmm. And I think it does, does that, do, can you cross-reference the two? Do they correlate? Uh, because if you're hard to deal with in money-wise, you're going to attract people that are hard to deal with money-wise. Money-wise. <laughs> That's just what's going to happen. 
I see it. Yeah, I see it all the time. And I've spoken about it before around um, probably the best example I can use here is a wholesaler. Um, I've helped guys, you know, try and say, let's just say quote a large project, for example. And the time and effort that they were going to put into, you know, shopping prices around to save a buck here, to save a buck there on different things. And then buying some materials over here and some materials over here to get the most economical solution. The time invested that I've seen people invest in that process. If you put that time into your customer, you can make way more money. People are, people are always looking to save and like, especially in the, in the business space around most, especially around materials. If I can get that a dollar cheaper, then that makes me more competitive. And so they hunt around, they spend time, effort and money trying to find the right space, the right price point. Whereas if you bundle all of that up and put that into the client, it doesn't matter. You should, you win the work anyway, cause you've got a better relationship. So yeah. for me, it's, it's, it's a really big, it's a really big point um, around being a good customer when it comes to your wholesalers. I've we've always been a fan um, of having a long-term relationship. And we spoke about it in a podcast before around, if you haven't been bailed out by your wholesaler yet, you, you'll, there will be a time in the future. You're three to six months away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chances are, but you just said something really interesting. And just to reflect our dealings, with you know how it's really important to go both ways so many people could be listening to this podcast and going oh but i saved three thousand dollars on that quote or i saved four thousand or i saved one thousand i saved six hundred bucks and just the principle of what we're saying here is if you keep shopping everything out to three wholesalers right how does it feel when your clients shop everything out when approaching you like, oh, I just say, don't get in three price on this. Oh, yeah, we've used uh, someone over here and someone will use you here. Oh, yeah, we use you next time. Oh, you're a bit costly there. It doesn't feel good. You're less likely to quote their jobs on time, less likely to do something, um, less likely to do something with them in the future because I look at something, I'm like, I'm not going to quote that. You, you're getting three quotes on every job. That's not how I work. That's not how I want the relationship to be long-term. So you come to me first and that's it. That's the goal. You know, that, that, that relationship supersedes. Uh, and this is where price <laughs> comes into it too, you know. Price isn't the be-all and end-all. People don't make decisions based solely on price. It's have I used that person before? Are they trustworthy? Oh, I've worked with these guys. Yeah, there's no hassles here. There's no gray areas here. There's no unexpected variations here. They're going to turn up. They're going to do the job. And when, this is an interesting one as well. This is a bit of a sideways hustle, but one of our peak performers made a mistake and he was really self-conscious about approaching the mistake. This is a pretty major mistake. This is like a $30,000 mistake. So nothing light. And they, I think he had to go through insurance eventually to get it rectified. Uh, and they, they sort of bailed him out, but he was, I just said, look, own up to it because people want to deal with good people. If you are owning up to this mistake, that says a lot about you. Hey, we've stuffed up. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to fix this. To me, that just, um, that creates a relationship, right? That's good. Now there's trust. If you put your hand up and said, hey, my bad, I've stuffed up. I don't care if this is a $300 mistake or a $30,000 mistake. I'm going to be here to fix it. If I'm the client, I've now got total faith in you. 
that oh, when you, yeah, you've got an insight into band, it. Yeah. you're not going anywhere. And that means yeah. a lot, you know? So yeah, be a good customer. Challenge your internal, uh, are you good to deal with or not? All right, third, and wrap it up here. We'll do the next three next week, but learn to listen and ask. So I've had to be present. We've had be a good customer and client. And now I've got learn to listen and ask. I've written down here, be slower to share your opinion. Right? Always listen out by other people's opinions. Learn to listen. When you guys hear that, learning to listen, and it is a learnt skill. We're not born listening. We're born screaming <laughs> and trying to get our own way. You know, um, what does it mean for you guys? Learning to listen. I, I actually learned this um, just maybe a year or so ago uh, when I was uh, doing a, a course on, it was actually on active listening. And I found it really interesting. It was quite confronting because uh, what I learned was how common it is for people to think that they're actively listening, but they're actually hijacking a conversation and how damaging that can be. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a bit of a punch in the face because I'm like, oh, I like to empathize with people. I like to say, oh my God, that happened to me too. This is what happened in my situation and then tell my story. But then I'm like, first of all, sales 101, maybe stop, don't hijack the conversation. Listen to what someone is actually telling you and ask another question, say, you know, really tell me more that's wow that happened to you that's really interesting it's like goes back to not always giving your opinion not always taking over the conversation stop and listen to what someone's saying you actually might learn something a little bit more about them which again first it's a great sales skill second it's a great leadership skill in terms of your team and being able to again goes back to that kind of slow down and not rush everything but actually listen to what someone's really saying because you'll probably learn a thing or two from your customers about what they really want and what's going to help them to see your business and your service as superior to everybody else if you don't stop and slow down and really listen it's hard to it's really easy to miss those things yeah, I just, I listened back to all our podcasts and I, the first couple I listened to, I was genuinely shocked how much I interrupt <laughs> so I was talking and I'm just, here's what, here's what I think, here's my opinion, here's, you know, and sometimes listening and I hear, you know, hear someone stop mid-sentence, pause to, to emphasize a point and I've jumped in and off another tangent and I think, Whoa, it's a bit of self-reflection, a bit of slowing down, a bit of, do I listen enough? It's really important as business owners, we learn to listen. Like what's our staff members really saying? What are our clients really saying about us? And that kind of goes almost hand in hand with being present too. You know, you've got to be present and you've got to listen and we've got to be able to, yeah, like, actually hear what someone's saying without directing a conversation exactly where we want to go. Kurt, thoughts? Sorry, what were you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, you are always listening. Um, I think uh, a, a good point that I, that I do have on, on active listening is how just flip the coin for a second. How good does it feel to be heard? Well, yeah. Like really heard and understood, not just like I spoke to you, but I didn't, I don't think you really got what I was trying to say. Yeah, heard and understood is so powerful. Like, and you know, Alice speaks about this all the time in, in sales, how like the person who feels most heard will buy the most product. 
from you. So like, can, how do you make them feel really heard and understood? And one little thing that I like to use is you take a piece of what they say, whoever you're having a conversation with, and if you can reinforce that, re, you know, replay that back to them, it gives great confidence that you were actually listening to them. So if you could if you could pick up on what they're saying and then utilize some of the words or phrases that they've been saying back to them, they're like, oh yeah. So it might be I'm talking about um, my kids' football game to you, Crowley, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is what happened at this kids' football game, and then you go, oh right. So how long have your kids played football for? So that's directly related to the phrases that I was using when I was saying kids and football and things like that, and then. You know, we're deeper and we're deeper. And actually, Crowley fully understands what I was talking about, what I got up to on the weekend. So when's Harry going to start playing footy? That's the... <laughs> man, as, as, as early as possible. Man. He's my... He's a protege? Uh, he's, no, he's, he's my ticket to the corporate boxes, man. Like, oh, yeah. He's good. He, he's going to be... He's going to be good. I can feel it. He's got that look about him. Uh, all right. So another thing we said, learn to listen and ask. And I think so many times as business owners, yeah, we might be really good listeners, but we also forget to ask for things. And I think asking is, is so important. You know, listening to the client say something that, oh, would you like me to quote that? Would you like me to do that? Would you like me to arrange that? Would you like me to arrange someone? I've got contacts in the trades. Would you like me to contact this person? Don't neglect the asking. I've got some really cool stories and, you know, we encourage business to business outreach, you know, who can you partner with in the future that's going to give you repeat work. And you've just got to ask sometimes people get super insecure. And I even had a chat with someone last week and they were saying, how do I call someone and ask them to work with you? Well, ask them to work with me. And, and I said, man, you just, you just got to do it because we want to, ex- once you've exhausted your relationships and you've called everyone you know, you have to meet new people. You know, you have to meet new people, whether that's through a business network, uh, whatever it's called, international, whether it's through uh, somewhere else or another platform, whether it's through a cult. I don't know. She's <laughs> like, you've got to meet people, whether you're going to footy, it's important you stay social. But when you're there, you go, hey, who does your current work? Do you reckon we have a crack at it? It's really important to learn the confidence to ask. And when people are struggling with insecurity, always ask this question. Do you provide a good product? And everyone says, yeah. I said, are you the best? Yeah, I'm the the best at trading that's ever lived. Are you good to deal with? Yeah. All right, what's the problem then? Because it sounds like you are going to be exactly what they need. People want to work with good people. People want to work with good operators. People want to work with honest people. People want to work with loyal people. People want to work with hardworking people. People want to work with you because you are all those things. If you are those things, then back yourself and stop pushing yourself down. Start elevating yourself up and start asking, hey, how can I get a job with you? How can I work with you? How can we work together to partner with this? Let's do it confidence is absolutely everything and you see so many people with an excellent product so many people who are excellent humans but they just lack that last level of confidence to ask and it's something that's not going to come necessarily okay okay. i'll say this asking seems to come easily to the people that shouldn't you know what i mean (laughs) asking normally comes really easily to the wrong kind of person the person that's in it for themselves 
asking when you're a genuine, honest, good human isn't necessarily your first and foremost thought process, but it has to be. We have to ask. We have to be able to ask for those things we want, for the people we want to work with. Don't be scared. Just do it. It's right, uh, exactly. Oh, Alice, you go, you go. It's always around, um, actually, Kirk, what you were saying before around being present. Um, you might be present once or twice, say, with your children or with your partner, whatever it might be, but uh, it's actually continual work and it's like building a habit around being present. It doesn't come naturally all the time. I think that it's the same sort of thing with asking. You need to, first of all, again, put yourself out there, push yourself a little bit, but try to see it as a habit that needs to be practiced and formed and repeated because that's how it gets easier. Um, stopping and, you know, having that conversation with someone and putting yourself out there, but asking, reminding yourself every time that some sort of nice little casual chat comes up oh, hey, you know that, like, I'm a plumber. Um, I'd love to actually speak with you further about this. Or you know that I'm an electrician. Like, I can totally do that quote for you. You need some work done? Hey, why don't we chat? Um, do you want to grab a coffee next week? What's the worst that's going to happen? Probably not much. Like, the worst that will happen is they say, I've already got someone not interested, whatever. But if you treat this as practicing a habit and always trying to just really politely and kindly ask for some of this work, you're going to win more work. I've got a big one on this and the people that are new to business, this will be a massive hack. And the people that have been in business a little while, they'll this should really hit home for you guys. Think of um, how many Google reviews your business got before you started asking for them. Give it all the jobs that you did and how many Google reviews you got before you started asking for it. Then look at once you started asking for it, how many reviews did you get? Yes, yeah, massive. Biggest thing in life is that you don't get much without asking for it. So get comfortable. Get comfortable asking for a review. Get comfortable asking for a referral. Yeah, get comfortable asking to have a meeting with someone to then ask for the work. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is something that we like to talk about a lot here. And asking might not be necessarily your comfort point, but I want to challenge you just because you feel uncomfortable, right? Doesn't mean you're not meant to do it. So just because something feels uncomfortable doesn't mean you're not meant to do it. So take the gym, for example. It's you're challenging yourself, you're pushing yourself, it's uncomfortable, it's not great. You know, you know, no one's like, you know, oh, if you didn't do it, you wouldn't be fit. If you weren't fit, you couldn't increase your capacity. So just encourage everyone, just start somewhere. Go, what are you going to do from here? You're going to, this is what I'll do if I was you. I'd focus up on buying coffees or food or lunch or something at the same spot. You know, if you, if you go on drive through Mac, is like, you're going to miss some connection there. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get the efficiency of it, but you're going to miss some connection. Slow down. Get out, have a coffee, sit down, talk to the barista, learn their names, learn, just, just engage in that. And don't be scared to ask. If you do go to McDonald's, ask them. Who knows your work? Let me do it. You can pay me thick shakes. Maybe <laughs> cheese, maybe a bit of both. All right, awesome. Giants. All right, I talk about mac and cheese, uh, but I don't even eat it. Not because I'm hardcore, just because we don't really have one. <laughs> area I live. <laughs> but all right, guys, in, in wrapping up the, the potty, 
what what do you take away? What, what do you want someone to walk away with tangibly this afternoon? I would say get out there with an active focus on being more present in everything you do. Yeah, like, like exactly what you were saying there, Craig. If you start engaging with people, if you're a tradie and you get a coffee in the morning, let's just say you're on the tools. If you get a coffee at say 6.30, 7 o'clock from coffee shop, if you look left and right, I can almost guarantee you there'll be another tradie. And at some stage, that other tradie could be in link into your network to drive more work. In. I'm not saying only have conversations with people that you think can drive work in, but how many times does the person next to you talk to you? Yeah, it doesn't happen. You'll stand there on your phones and looking down. So I would engage in conversation, find out that person's name, find out where they work. What do they do? How long they've been doing it for? Yeah. And if you're brave, ask that weird question. Ask that weird question. I got a couple of weird questions that I like to go to. The weird question. I'm like, can I have a sip? That's a pretty weird question. <laughs> that <laughs> is a very weird question. <laughs> Don't use that one. That's um, going to be uncomfortable in not a right way. That's for sure. I love, I love these two, these two questions. Ask uh, someone, uh, what's their favorite holiday destination? Because it's not too personal. You're not like asking them about, you know, very intimate things about their life. And hey, you know, if you've shared that that destination, if you've been there, that opens up a whole nother level of conversation where you're connecting on a deeper level. The second little weird question I like to ask people is what's the strangest food you've ever eaten? And they think, what? That's a weird question. But actually, I have eaten some weird stuff before. I ate this in Cambodia. I was just like, whoa, that's outstanding. Yeah. You break through those little small talk barriers. I had this sausage in France um, one day. <laughs> it was like 12 meats wrapped in one. It was genuinely <laughs> sickening. Like a little queen when I think about uh, this. That's not a metaphor, by the way. All right, Alice, wrap it up. Um, My, I would always say to put yourself out there and push yourself. Um, really challenge yourself to, yeah, to be present and make a habit of it, um, to if your listening skills aren't that great, if you're maybe rushing through things, if you're not listening to what people are saying, be aware of that. Be, again, be present, but push yourself past that uncomfortable stage because when you do things the first time, it's always uncomfortable, right? Everyone's first time is uncomfortable, yeah? Once you do things a lot of times over and over, it becomes a little easier. And so stop and slow down and be present and, yeah, be that excellent customer, be that excellent person to deal with. Um, but you need to make a habit of it and really be aware of what energy you're putting out is what you're going to attract. So push yourself, put yourself out there a little bit and things are going to come your way. Love that, guys. We are the Trady Success Academy, fronting as the Trady Business Panel. That's Alice Boyd, Kirk Neal, I'm Greg Crow. We've got three levels of membership. One is our mastermind. You can sign up for a free month. Just... Uh, Click the link somewhere. <laughs> We're pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, we've got a 12-week crash course in business we call the Incubator. We've got our peak reform program, which we're seeing results in there, which are far superseding anything I've seen anywhere. Join with us. Come on the journey with us. And we'd love to see and hear from you. So thanks for hanging out. And enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you, soon. See you, guys. 
So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. So let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon.